This is the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Call 1-877-669-1292. And I'm Howie Silberger. Welcome to the program. How We Silberger Show is heard Monday to Thursday, 10 to 11 p.m., right here on the True Talk Radio Network. TrueTalkRadio.com is the official site of the True Talk Radio Network, and uh, you can get all the information about the, uh, the stream and everything else on TrueTalkRadio.com. You could download the show. It is easy to find. You can find it on your local, um, your local streaming service, so anywhere you get podcasts, you can find the show. Uh, we're streamed live every night on Facebook, on Twitter, on Twitch, and on uh, on Mixcloud.com. Uh, so you can find us there, and of course uh, you can uh, you can always call in. The show is live, so calling in is easy. Number to call one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. That's one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. You can email me howie at truetalkradio.com. And, of course, you could uh, find me on Twitter at Howie Silberger. So <laughs> there's a lot of ways to reach me if you want. So the Quebec government is going to announce tomorrow that the mask mandate is going to end in Quebec on May 14th. So a week from Saturday, there will be no more mandatory masks in Quebec unless you are taking public transportation or you are uh, going into a hospital or an old age home. I say good riddance to the mask mandate. Now, I, I, I said this on Facebook earlier today, and many people have uh, have commented and have contacted me and told me that I'm trying to kill their grandmothers. But it, the reality is that it has never been proven that masks help stop the spread of COVID. We all wore masks. We all were obedient, and we wore our masks. And we wore them religiously, especially in Canada. And COVID's still here. We all followed all the rules, and COVID is still here. We locked down, and we all stayed home. COVID is still here. So maybe we have to accept the fact that COVID exists. Maybe we have to accept the fact that COVID is going to be with us forever, much like the flu, much like uh, many other diseases that 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 are that are readily available to be caught by the average human being. And COVID's just going to join the, the the long list of things that potentially could kill us. Now the freak out over COVID, it, it was quite interesting, the freak out over COVID. Uh we, we didn't we don't freak out over over the flu, which killed more people than COVID does over the last few years, but that's okay. We don't freak out over that. We don't freak out over anything else. We, we, those of us that want, we have the choice to go and get a flu shot. And we, we take a flu shot. The same should apply to COVID stuff. If you want to continue wearing a mask after the mask mandate ends, well, you have every right to do that. The same way you had every right to wear a mask before the mask mandate started. You have every right to wear whatever you want. We live in a free country. At least we did until this COVID craziness started. If you want to get the flu shot or the COVID shot or any other shot, feel free to do that. Why would you not? If that's what you want to do, uh, go ahead and do it. Who's going to stop you? But it should be free choice. I should not be forced to inject medication into my body. That should not be something forced upon me. Now, it is irrelevant in the course of this conversation whether I did or didn't get the vaccine. I'm not anti-vaccine, I'll, I'll tell you that much. But it, but it is completely irrelevant whether I did or didn't get the vaccine. That was a question that kept getting asked me. They, they were pounding me on that question. Did you get vaccinated? And, and what's the difference? How does that change the argument? The argument I'm making is not don't take the vaccine. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. 
The argument I'm making is not that vaccines don't work, because obviously they do, or a lot more people would be dying of polo today, polio. The argument I'm making is that people should have the choice on whether or not they want to take the vaccine, whether or not they want to wear a mask, whether or not they want to protect themselves. Vaccines protect you. It's your body. It's your choice. We, we, can't, we can't use a mantra saying my body, my choice for select things and not for everything. You know, we have complete autonomy over our bodies and over our, our free will to, to protect ourselves or to not protect ourselves. Or we don't. It, it can't be selective. You can't tell me that I have free will to to uh, to get a, an operation, but I don't have free will for this. It, it doesn't make sense. Well, we live in a free country, and we should be able to freely choose how we want to live. So, if I if I'm a person, hypothetically speaking, that that decides that I don't want to inject a a, a a vaccine that is um, that that is experimental uh, at best, and that has almost been proven not to work. Why should I be forced to? Because you feel that I'm putting you greater danger, but am I really putting you at greater danger? Are you really in more danger than than you were if I did if I if I did take the vaccine? Does that change anything? Obviously, it doesn't. Because people who took the vaccine, people who didn't take the vaccine, regardless of, of what you did, you could still get COVID or still transmit COVID. Whether you wear a mask, you don't wear a mask, you could still transmit COVID, you still get COVID. So more and more countries, more and more people are starting to see the fallacies of the, of the practices that have been going on through the last two and a half years. And they're starting to reverse these these useless mandates. The mandates haven't helped curb the spread of COVID. COVID is running rampant. We're in the middle of a seventh wave or an eighth wave or tenth wave, whatever. COVID is running rampant. So putting a mask on, not putting a mask on, getting vaccinated, not getting vaccinated, seems to have the same result. So all I'm saying, the argument I'm making is not don't get vaccinated. The argument I'm making is Simply, have free choice. If a person wants to wear a mask, go ahead. Nobody's going to stop you. If a person doesn't want to wear a mask, they shouldn't be forced to. So I'm glad that the Quebec government is going to announce tomorrow that the mask mandate is ending as of, as of May 14th, so in about a week. I'm very happy that we'll finally be able to walk into stores and I hope most stores uh, allow people to walk in without masks. That you'll be allowed to walk into a store without a mask. You'll be allowed to uh, have your children play in gym class without a mask. And life will go back to some semblance of normalcy. That'll be nice. Now, if there is another wave, if there is another uh, large, large wave of COVID that, that comes around after this, well, you know, we have to build up an immunity to it. Uh, let's face it. At the end of the day, everybody is going to get COVID. At the end of the day, every single person is going to get COVID. Now, some of us will be a little more immune than other, than other people. Some of us will survive it. Some of us won't. It's the nature of any disease. Same way uh, as we get to flu season. Some people survive the flu. Some people don't. It's an unfortunate uh, death is an unfortunate part of life. Something we have to accept. And it can happen to you. It can happen to me. It can happen to any of us at any given time. And uh, this is where, at least for me, my faith in God comes in because God really chooses where we, who lives and who dies. So, so I have full faith in God. And when my time is up, I'm ready to accept my time is up. I mean, I, I'm not going to rush it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to jump in front of a truck. I'm going to do everything I could possibly do to preserve this life that was granted to me, that was given to me, that was loaned to me. But when the time is up, the time is up. So whether COVID takes me, a truck takes me, or I fall off a cliff, that was the time that I that I that it was time for me to go. 
Hopefully it won't be for a very, very long time, but one never knows. So live your life, enjoy your life, and stop worrying so much. Everyone's always worrying. Stop worrying so much. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Feel free to call in 1-877-669-1292. If you disagree with me, that's fine. You can call in. If you agree with me, that's fine too. You can call in too. 1-877-669-1292 is the number to call. Get in on the conversation right here on the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. So, uh, let's move on. I, I'm tired of talking about COVID. You know, I, I did I did like 15 shows on COVID. I, I pretty much exhausted the entire catalog of anything I could talk about possibly about COVID. I'm really sick and tired of talking about COVID. So let's move on. But if you want to call in and talk about COVID, I'll, I'll talk about it with you. If you want to argue the point with me, I have no problem arguing with you. But, but I'm going to move on to something else. Uh, and, and, and and this might, you know, this might uh, get you as upset as you are about my COVID comments. And, and that's fine. Uh, it's okay. I, I don't mind if you're upset. It doesn't bother me. The, uh, the media has been reporting over the last 24 hours, that the Russian foreign minister claimed two things, that Hitler had Jewish blood and the Jews were basically responsible for the Holocaust. Now, (laughs) Jewish organizations have gone nuts. They've gone absolutely crazy uh, responding to this and being outraged and, uh, and and being being upset and 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 trying to convince the population that this is this is a fallacy. It's not true. And I've been laughing the entire time. I I've been laughing. The the Russian foreign minister has, has learned how to troll the Jewish community. Learned how to troll the Jews, and it made me laugh. And it made me laugh for 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 quite a few reasons. But we'll we'll start with the first one. I laughed when he said this, and I laughed at the reaction to this, because he was basically trying to put Zelensky down. And Zelensky claims to be Jewish, and the Jewish community has embraced him as one of our own. Zelensky, the hero, and the Jewish community have hugged Zelensky and embraced Zelensky, even though he runs a country that has historically, over the last three centuries, uh, killed millions and millions of Jews, and was the worst country in the world Uh when 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 the Nazis were running the show, the Ukrainians voluntarily jumped up. The Polish, at least, you know, they 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 were less enthusiastic about killing Jews. The Ukrainians were very very enthusiastic about killing Jews, and and murdering any Jew they could find. So so the Jewish community embracing Ukraine is is absolutely revolting to me. And I've said this I've said this a lot actually that uh, the Jewish community should not embrace Ukraine. The Jews of Ukraine, yes, because if they were stupid enough to stay in a country that killed the majority of Jews that lived there, then uh, then we have to be, you know, we have to we have to kind of help out the stupid people. So so send people there to bring the stupid people out of Ukraine. But other than that, I, I couldn't care less about the country. If it disappeared tomorrow, I would not shed a tear, not even a half a tear. And Russian foreign ministers saying that Hitler was Jewish and that the Jews started the Holocaust or Jews were, were responsible for the Holocaust. And people are taking him seriously? Really? Really? You're taking the foreign minister of the country that wrote the Protocols of the Elders of Zion? Seriously? You're taking a country that, that, that suppressed religion for, for a century, for a little more than a century? And and have declared themselves anti-religious in any given way. You're taking them seriously, and we're supposed to care what the foreign minister of Russia said about Jews. Who cares? Why is this even news? Why would anybody care what he has to say? And the more the Jewish community reacts to it, the more the Jewish organizations are outraged and sending out press releases and and, and statements to the media. The more they do that, the more legitimacy you're giving to the comments. Because that's the way it works in general. Now, I understand, and we spoke about this yesterday, and I'll repeat it today, because, because I understand why the Jewish organizations are responding to this. I get it. That's how they make their money. It's all about money. It's all about dollars and cents anyway. So, so that's how they make their money. They have to bring the fear of anti-Jewism to the population. And if they bring that fear to the population, they get money. 
So these organizations are all money hungry, and this is why they're busy trying to create this 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 illusion of of the world against the Jews. And and they are the only they are the only knights standing in the way of the Jews getting killed. It's these Jewish organizations. So we must give all our money, or at least a, a portion of our money, or a quarter of our money, to these Jewish organizations so they can protect us. But how exactly are they protecting us? By condemning Lubov? Who cares? Why why would I care? Why even respond to this guy? The 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 allegation is a fallacy. It's a it's a it's a blood libel. Why why even respond to this? And what gets me even more is that they responded to this idiot in Russia who said that Hitler was Jewish and uh, the Jewish community, yeah, whatever, whatever he babbled. They responded to this idiot in Russia, but when the mayor of New York and the governor of New York blamed the Jews for spreading COVID, the Jewish organizations were silent. And this is what gets me. Here we are in North America, the North American Jewish organizations that are now condemning Russia, like Russia cares what the B'nai B'rith says or what the, uh, what, the, what the New Jersey chapter of the Anti-Defamation League thinks. Yeah, yeah, the Russian foreign minister really cares about that. But, but locally, in North America, when a North American mayor and governor equate the spread of COVID, a deadly disease, to the Jewish people, these same Jewish organizations remain silent. So tell me if it makes any sense. Uh, explain it to me, please. one 1292 Maybe you could explain it to me because I don't understand it. I don't get the freakout. I, I just don't get it. Sure, I understand that we, we have to protect ourselves. We have to protect, uh, we have to protect everybody. Uh, I, I, get, I get the concept, and I get the concept that they're trying to raise money, and the only way to raise money is to scare the population to pay them to raise money, to make it look like they're doing something uh, tangible. Uh, so I understand the money aspect, and I understand the, uh, the political aspect and the brainwashing aspect of it. I, I just don't get why people fall for this time and time again. Why, why people support these organizations, why people bother, and how it's going to help anything. In my experience, and I explained a little bit of it last night, in my experience, these organizations have stood against people trying to be progressive and trying to, trying to uh, promote some kind, of, uh, some kind of solution to some of the community problems. They've stood against uh, uh, walk-safe programs. They've stood against... Uh, young people getting up and trying to defend themselves on campus. These organizations have not been very supportive of the Jews that actually needed their support. But it's okay for them to get up and condemn Russia. There, there's no kickback for that. There's no, there's no pushback. There's no one that's going to be upset, and nobody's going to who's going to who's going to be who's going who's to think that you know maybe they weren't being a little politically incorrect. Now it's never going to happen. And it's it's quite sad if you think about it. It's quite sad that we've come to the point in in Jewish history where Jewish leadership is based on on how much money is in your pocketbook. How, how do you think Jewish leaders are chosen today? Jewish community leaders are chosen by how much money they have in their pocketbook. A guy like me who doesn't have millions of dollars in my pocketbook is never going to be the president of let's say Federation. It's never going to happen. And the reason it's never going to happen is because I can't give the kind of donations that they want. It's all about money. Guys like me are never invited to sit on the boards of uh, synagogues or sit on the uh, or sit on the boards of any community organization. First of all, I have a big mouth and I'm not afraid to use it. And second of all, I don't have enough money to warrant them putting me on any board. So my opinion doesn't count when it comes to the official Jewish community. My opinion counts when I turn on my microphone and I and I turn on my camera and I start talking. My opinion counts in that point in that in that aspect. But but my opinion doesn't count when it, when you know when I have an opinion on, on on the way the community works. The community doesn't really care what my opinion is. I'm not important enough. I'm not rich enough. And that's really sad that we've gotten to that point. That people who put their necks out, people who are on the forefront, on the front, on the front lines, people who who work, they're vocal and they work really hard to try to make a difference. 
are left in the dust by the people who just pull out their pocketbooks and could pay anything they want. Now, has this always been the case? Of course it has. Nothing changes over the year over the years. The rich always always get the prestigious positions. And the guy who works and labors away always ends up on the bottom of the pile. That has been the case for as long as man has existed. And it's extremely sad that we haven't changed it over the centuries. And it's extremely sad that the assimilation factor of the United States and Canada has caused the Jewish community to fall into this hole too. So how many people uh, are, are left out? I mean, just look around. Look around your community. See who the doers are and who the talkers are. Who's sticking their, their, their neck out and who's, who's lending a hand and doing stuff and getting no recognition for anything they do? And who's out there doing stuff and getting all the... Who, who's out there doing nothing and getting all the recognition? I don't have to explain it to you. If you live in any community, it doesn't have to be the Jewish community, it could be any community. You, you pretty much understand what I'm talking about. And it bothers me, as it should bother every single person. It does. But that's the way life is. And we, I guess we have to accept it. I, I guess we have no choice but to accept it. Because could you change it? How do you change it? They don't let you into their exclusive clubs. How do you change it? And I kind of feel like the Jews that were excluded from these exclusive clubs in the 1950s where they had signs on the door saying no Jews allowed, I feel like one of those Jews. I feel like one of those people who, who could walk up to the door and, 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 and the guy in the tuxedo at the door says, no, no, I'm sorry, you're Jewish, go away. I feel like one of those people. And that's in my relationship with the community that I'm supposed to be part of. And that's how they make you feel. And if you think that's not good, and if you think I'm the only one who feels that way, ask around. Speak to people. You will find that more people in the community feel that way than don't feel that way. It's, it's, it's scary. It's scary that we've gotten to this point. And then the assimilation factor comes in. And that's even scarier than the rich factor. So the assimilation factor is that the Jewish community doesn't want to stir waves. They're, they're not interested in creating waves and in, in, in talking about issues that really matter. Because somebody might get offended, and if somebody gets offended, then they might lose money. They might lose some funding. So they, they don't want to talk about that because, you know, gosh, gosh forbid that somebody should, should take funding away from them. So they ignore major issues that should be talked about because they don't want to jeopardize their funding. And, and I know this. I know this because when I was talking about these issues and, and when I still talk about these issues, they get mad at me. They get angry at me. How could you talk about this on the radio? How could you say what you're saying? Howie, how could you talk about this topic? And they call me and they say to me, Howie, what's wrong with you? Why are you talking about this stuff? You know that you know when you talk about this stuff, it's going to cause more problems than if you don't talk about this stuff. And my answer, my question to them is always, what problems is this going to cause? And they can never answer that question because the only problem it's going to cause is less money going to their institutions. So it's all about the dollars. Now I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I just said the exact same thing that Ilan Omar said in Congress, that for the Jews it's all about the Benjamins, I just said the exact same thing she said, and she got roasted by the Jewish community for saying it, called an anti-Semite, she hates Jews, and, and they went on and on and on about, about her talking about the Benjamins. And when she said that, I was one of the only Jews that I know who stopped and said, you know, she's right. She actually has a point. And, you know, there's a lot of things I don't like about Elon Omar and a lot of things that she supports that I really don't like about Elon Omar. And she's a lady that I really don't feel should be in Congress. She should not be uh, in government. But it's not because she said that Jews care about the Benjamins, because it is true. Jews do care about the Benjamins. As evidenced by Jewish organizations, they're a reflection of the community. It's unfortunate these are the things that, 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 that people base the community on. I find that very unfortunate because there's a lot of beauty in the Jewish community. There's a lot of, 
There's a lot of lovely things that happen in the Jewish community, a lot of lovely people, a lot of lovely, uh, lovely sects of Judaism that nobody pays any attention to because they don't bring in the dollars. And I, I really like to, um, I really like to say that you know, Jew, Judaism in the Jewish community is really a beautiful place and a beautiful thing. But money is a central focus for most Jews, most Jewish organizations. That's all they care about, and they will, they will prostitute their beliefs in order to get more of that funding. And that is a extremely, extremely, extremely sad commentary. And I hate to say it. I really hate to say it. I say it because, uh, because it's true. <laughs> that's, that's the only reason I say it, and I'm entitled to my opinion, and no one's going to stop me from expressing my opinion. So that's why I say these things. I wish it wasn't true. I wish I didn't have to say this stuff. I wish that I could get on here and say that that Jewish leadership is based on 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 uh, on the um, the abilities, the leadership abilities of the people who are who are appointed to Jewish leadership. But that's not true. And I'll never get on here and lie to you, openly lie to you, and uh, actively lie to you, and intentionally lie to you. That's not that's not the way I am. That's not who I am. And for those of you who have watched this show for the last thirty seasons, you'll know that. I'm brutally honest, and I'll get on here and I will tell you the brutal, honest truth every single time I turn on this microphone. Because that's who I am. You're not going to change me. one 1292 is the number to call. one 669 1292 You can also, if you're watching on Facebook uh, or any of the uh, social media sites that this is being broadcast on, you can also type in a comment into the comment box, and it should pop up on my screen. Nine out of ten times it pops up on the screen. There are occasions where it doesn't, but most of the time it pops up on the screen. So if you type something in there, I will see it, and I will respond to it. If I if, if, if it's respondable, I will respond to it. Um, so you could do that, too. So you, you, have, you have a couple of options. You call in, one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. I'll even pay for the call. Just give me a call. You could uh, you could type in on the uh, social media sites. You could type in um, a comment, and the comment will pop up, and I'll, I'll be able to see it. Uh, you could send me an email, but who who emails the host of a show while the show's going on? That's that's ridiculous. So please don't send me an email in the middle of the show because I'm not going to read the email in the middle of the show. Uh, I might read the next show, maybe tomorrow. I'll read your emails, but uh, I'm not going to read your emails tonight on the show. That's that doesn't work. <laughs> that that'd be that'd be totally ridiculous, wouldn't it? Now, especially since there's so many other ways that you could contact me. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two is the number to call. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here live on the True Talk Radio Network. We are live Monday through Thursday at ten p.m. ten to eleven p.m. We um we we are we are live between ten and eleven p.m. on Monday to Thursday. And uh, we love to hear from you. We love to talk to you. So feel free to join us and to join me. When I say we, it's funny. We, we use the royal we. We would love to talk to you. Those of you watching the stream, see, I'm here in the studio by myself. So when I say we, uh, I'm referring to the show. We, we as a show would love to hear from you. But, but really, I'm, I'm, I'm saying I. I would love for you to call in. I would love for you to contact us. I'd love for you to tell your friends and family that the show is on and have people listen to it. I, I would love for you to download the True Talk Network radio app. I would love for you to um, to subscribe to the podcast and, uh, and, and carry me around in your pocket. I would love for you to do all that stuff. So when I say we, I'm actually saying me. Just, just to clarify that, because I know there will be somebody out there who will say, Howie, you keep saying we, but you're sitting there by yourself. What are you talking about? There's always that one person. Always that one person. You ever notice that? There's always that one person. I did. I do. I do all the time. All right. I want to get back. Okay. So let's go back. I mean, I got, I got a message. Howie, what about the mask mandate? You know, you want to go back to that? Really? I, I'm so tired of talking about COVID. But let's go back there for just a couple of minutes because uh, you asked. So let's do that. The mask mandate is going to end on Saturday, May 14th in Quebec. Then Quebecers will not be forced to wear a mask uh, anywhere in public except for on public transportation and, on, um, and in hospitals and in old age homes or any medical, medical uh, office. And I think it's great. I, I'm really happy about this. Now, of course, stores will have the option to force their customers to wear masks or not, co not come into their stores. 
I'm really hoping not too many stores choose that option. Uh, I think scientifically it's been proven. Uh, well, even not scientifically, I mean, just antidotally, I mean, just look around. I think it's been proven that masks are not effective since COVID's still here and we're still spreading it. Uh, I think it's been proven that vaccines are not overly effective, even though, uh, you know, nine, most majority of people are vaccinated. I don't think the vaccines are very effective since COVID is still spreading. You know, if COVID keeps spreading, then your vaccines and your uh, and your and your and your masks aren't really working. They're supposed to stop the spread, or at least slow the spread. But then you know, wave after wave after wave after wave, and we're back again into uh, into COVID land. So I'm hoping that stores, after this mask mandate is dropped, stores will um, allow uh, customers to come in without masks on. I know there are stores right now that don't require you to wear masks or don't enforce the mask mandate at all. And I, I applaud those stores. People should have the choice. If you want to protect yourself, I have no problem with that. If you feel that a mask protects you in whatever way a mask is supposed to protect you, then go ahead, wear the mask. I have no issue with that. If you feel that getting 52 vaccinations will protect you, go ahead and get as many as you want. I have no problem with that either. If you feel that locking yourself in your home and uh, and shuttering the windows and and taping and taping the windows shut and breathing through an oxygen tank will save you from catching COVID, go ahead and do that too. It doesn't bother me. But we should all have a choice. And really, freedom of choice is all I'm saying. I'm saying that we should have a freedom of choice. And I don't understand why people are upset about that. And people people are upset. When I, when I say this, people get really upset with me, and I have no idea why. Do you not like having a choice? Do you feel that my choice of not wearing a mask puts you in, in greater danger? I, I don't think it does. I think you're in pretty much the same danger of catching COVID, whether I wear a mask or not. I think that's been proven by the spread of COVID while everyone's wearing a mask. Let's go back to the beginning of COVID, two and a half years ago, when the authorities were explaining to us that masks were not really recommended to be worn to to stop the spread of COVID. Now, I know people are going to argue that science has moved on from there, and, uh, okay, fine, whatever. They they gave an explanation back then, and that that's never talked about anymore, which which is interesting to me that people have sort of forgotten that this explanation was given back then. I remember all the networks, all the major networks, and I think I saw it on CNN or Fox, uh, on one of the two networks. I watched both, so I think on one of the two networks I saw this. I don't remember which network it was. It was two and a half years ago. You know, Certain things aren't that important to remember. But one of the networks had on an epidemiologic, uh, epidemiologist, uh, I know I can't pronounce the word, but you know who I'm talking about, person who is... Um, person who uh, who specializes in airborne diseases and viruses and the guy explained and they showed they showed a, there was a graphic on, on on the screen and he explained that the covid molecules so when you when you're speaking and you and you're spitting out your molecules the molecules that carry covid are so tiny that they pass through any mask on the market so if you're wearing a regular paper mask like the ones they recommend the blue masks and somebody coughs near you or coughs in front of you, the molecules of COVID are so small they go right through the mask. The mask's uh, weave isn't tight enough to hold the COVID molecules out. The, the same doctor that was on then said that, so wearing these blue masks was pointless because it didn't do anything. The only thing it might do, he said, was if you sneezed or coughed while wearing the mask, it might stop some of the droplets, some of them, not all of them, from, from spreading to the next person. But the COVID molecules, which are smaller than the mask, than a weave in the mask, will always get out the mask. So if you could blow in your mask, or if you could wear the mask over your nose and smell something, then your mask is letting in air and your mask is spitting out air. Uh, so so it's, it's pretty much pointless. Then he said, the only masks that might work are the ventilator masks, like the, uh, the N95s or the KN95s. Those masks might work because they have a tighter weave on them, and they're made to stop this kind of this made to stop viruses. But at that point, they weren't even sure if those masks stopped COVID because the COVID molecules were so small. 
Later on, they said they probably do. Nobody was even sure, even till today. There has been no definitive proof. There's been no definitive study that's shown that this is, this is, accu- this is uh, effective or accurate or anything else. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who could say that I know plenty of people who wore an N95 mask and got COVID anyway. I'm sure I'm not the only person who could say this. I'm sure there are plenty of people watching and listening who could who could verify that they know plenty of people who also wore an N95 mask and got COVID. So if that's the case, then why the big argument to keep masks on? The answer is quite simple. And, uh, and it didn't even take me a lot of thinking to come up with this answer. The answer to why people still want to wear masks and why people feel that wearing masks is extremely important is quite um, is quite simple. They do that because they feel like they want to be doing something. They would like to be doing something. They like to feel like they're being proactive in fighting this disease. It's a psychological thing. And this is why doctors recommended everyone wear masks. This is why governments put everyone into masks. They, they wanted to quell the population. A population that feels they're not doing anything to help the situation feels helpless. If they feel helpless, they start blaming the leadership. If they start blaming the leadership, the leadership loses elections. So because they don't want the leadership to lose elections, the leadership doesn't want to lose elections, they, um, they will think, well, they, they will do stuff to try to, um, to try to force the population to believe that they're doing something. And so they did that. They made us wear masks. They forced us to. They legislated it. Well, not really legislated. They put they put out a uh, they put out a mandate forcing us to wear masks. And we did. We were obedient. We followed the mandate. We all were compliant. Everybody I know is is compliant. Was compliant. Is compliant. And is currently compliant. And yet, COVID's still here with us. We closed down swimming pools and gyms. We closed down schools. We closed down everything that we could possibly close down. And COVID is still here. We put a curfew in Quebec, one of the only jurisdictions in the world to impose a curfew on people for multiple weeks. And COVID is still here. So don't go give me garbage. Don't go yelling at me and screaming at me and arguing with me that I'm wrong when I say, thank God, the mask mandate is gone. Thank God, on the 14th, we are free to make a decision whether we want to wear a mask or not want to wear a mask. The shackles of the compliance diaper has disappeared. Thank God. Now, you can get mad at me and you could say, Howie, you're trying to kill people, Howie. You're being very irresponsible. And I've had at least 15 to 20 people over the last two months delete me as friends on Facebook. I'm fine with that. You don't like it too bad. It doesn't bother me. I, I have no issue with you uh, not liking what I'm saying. Because I, I give you the opportunity. You always have the option. You could always call in. You could always email me. You could always contact me if you disagree with something I'm saying. You could always comment on, the, on my Facebook posts. You could comment on my Twitter feed. There's so many ways you could contact me. So if you don't like what I'm saying, too bad. one 669 1292 is the number to call. one 669 1292 is the number to call. I was strongly upset when the Jewish community, people I know, started talking about Zelensky as a Jew, a heroic Jew, a Jew that stood for his country, a Jew that uh, just made me sick. Vladimir Zelensky is the president of Ukraine. And he is as Jewish as the rock in my garden. Uh, he's Jewish by name only. And his brand of Judaism, his, his, sudden, um, his sudden love of his Jewish heritage only came when this war came and he realized that pandering to the Jewish community might help him politically and financially, by the way. 
So his pandering started then. Before that, he didn't care about Judaism. He didn't care about him being a Jew. He lived a totally non-Jewish life. He married a non-Jewish woman, has non-Jewish children. Uh, Nothing to be proud of, really. As a Jew, really an embarrassment more than something to be proud of. So all these posts, all these talk of him being the heroic Jew, him being the, the, the Jew everybody should be, no, no, I don't take my, uh, I, I, I don't want my kids to grow up to be like Vladimir Zelensky at all. I don't want my kids to grow up not loving the religion that they were born into. I don't want my kids growing up not caring about God, Torah, or, or anything that, that relates to Judaism. That would be terrible. Uh, that would be a horrible thing to happen. We talk about Jewish continuity. We talk about, uh, about, uh, about, about the longevity of the Jewish community. And then we go and glorify people who, who, who really disparage and, 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 and embarrass the Jewish community in their, in their observance, in their, their level of observance, their, their, their caring about, um, about, the Jewish, about Judaism and, and the Jewish people. Look, uh, Zelensky... Zelensky did some terrible things over over the course of the last decade or two. You could just look up, just look up Zelensky and and some of the stuff he's done, and it's disgusting. Some of the stuff he's done is 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 truly disgusting. So to to make a hero out of a disgusting guy who was a comet a comic who was a, he was a comic uh, he was a comic actor and um, and and during his acting career did some pretty revolting things on camera. To, to, to make a hero out of this guy? Give me a break. And to harp on the fact he's Jewish, oh, he's Jewish, he's Jewish, look how Jewish he is, I don't care. I don't care. In fact, I don't care who's Jewish. I don't care about celebrities if they're Jewish or not. What's the difference? So they were born Jewish. Who cares? Their grandchildren are not going to be Jewish. They are not going to be Jewish. There are very few celebrities in Hollywood that everyone posts, oh, look, that celebrity was Jewish. Oh, look, he's Jewish. There are a few celebrities in Hollywood that care one ounce about Judaism. There are a few celebrities in Hollywood that 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 care to perpetrate or to uh, or to to continue the Jewish tradition. There are very very few. I can't say there are none, but there are very very few. Most of the Hollywood actors who who people crow, oh, they're Jewish. Most of these Hollywood actors live totally non-Jewish lives. Marry totally non-Jewish people, and have totally non-Jewish families. So, I should be proud of that. I should be, I should be celebrating intermarriage, and assimilation. You got the wrong guy. I ain't gonna celebrate assimilation or intermarriage. No, 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 no. That's that's not the way it works. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't work that way. I can't. I can't live that way. That's not the way things are supposed to be. You can't celebrate assimilation and intermarriage. We must condemn assimilation and intermarriage. And I do every step of the way. I, any, anytime, anytime you turn around, I'll condemn it. Assimilation and intermarriage must be condemned, must be condemned fully and completely and unequivocally forever and ever and ever. I, I told this story before, and I'll, I'll tell it again because um, I think it's important that that we talk about this. It's an important topic, and uh, I'm really not going to give it justice in the 15 minutes we have left on the show. I um, A few years ago, I did a show where I, I told the story that a good, good close friend of mine is getting married was getting married at the time for um, to to a non-Jewish girl. And he wanted me to be his best man. He invited me to the wedding. He wanted me to be his best man. And I said, I absolutely refuse to go to the wedding. There is no way I was going to a wedding where a a Jewish person was marrying a non-Jewish person. Uh, I wasn't going to an intermarriage wedding. Even if they got me a kosher meal, I I didn't care. I, I, I was not going to a wedding that was an intermarriage wedding simply because I cannot endorse, personally endorse, and I won't personally support, the union of a couple that will lose, that will end the long tradition of Judaism that was passed down from generation to generation. And these people got married, and they had a kid, 
And the kid, of course, is not Jewish because the, um, because the wife wasn't Jewish, so the kid's not Jewish. And the kid was not circumcised because a brit milah, a, a circumcision, a Jewish circumcision, uh, binds the child to the Jewish community. And this child's not Jewish, so the mother didn't feel that it was, uh, didn't feel it was important and uh, couldn't bear to mutilate her son's, her son's body. And so the uh, so so child was not circumcised and is growing up a totally non-Jewish life, as a non-Jewish child should. The problem is that the Jewish father, who's fully Jewish, has now created a generation of non-Jews instead of a generation of Jews. And this is the danger, this is the problem with assimilation. The problem with assimilation isn't so much the person marrying the other person, but it's the families they create that become non-Jewish families. And then suddenly the Jewish community gets smaller and smaller because as members of our community that are at the age to, to procreate, uh, start procreating outside of the faith and start raising children who are not part of the faith, the community, the, the, the Jewish community, the entire Jewish population gets smaller and smaller. It's only natural. And so we've gotten to a point where over 60%, I think it's closer to 70 now, of marriages between in, in the United States involving Jewish people are intermarriages. It's, it's a very scary number when you think that 70% of the people getting married in the States who are Jewish are marrying non-Jewish people. And this is why I keep making the argument that the, that the Jewish community in the States is pretty much dead. You're not going to find a very strong Jewish community there in 20 and 30 years. Now, I know people who are a little older are going to laugh at this statement. and They're going to say, ah, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, they said the same thing. And it's true. They did. And you could laugh at my statement, but the only Jews that are having babies, that are Jewish babies, and they're having a lot of them, are the Hasidic Jews, the, 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 the religious Jews. They'll have eight, nine, ten children. And this is what is keeping Judaism alive. These branches of Judaism that, uh, that, that have broken off the, you know, the reforms and the conservatives and the reconstructionists and the, and the humanists and the, the, the vegan whateverists and the, and the I don't care about godists and all these other Jewish groups, these Jewish people who have broken off and said, I don't care about Judaism and I'm going to water it down more and more until it doesn't exist anymore. All those people are going to, you know, the next generation is gone. They're not part of the Jewish community. The people who declare that we're atheist Jews, well, what's an atheist Jew? You can't be an atheist Jew. Either you're an atheist or you're a Jew. You can't be both. Because the basis of Judaism, the pillar of Judaism, the only thing that makes Jews Jews is the belief in a God, in a singular God, a monotheistic God. And that the fact that this God gave the Jews the Torah, which is the way of life that Jews have to live in order to serve this God. So if you claim to be an atheist and you say, I don't believe in God, God does not exist, well then Judaism doesn't exist. It can't exist. It's oxymoronic if you say, I'm a Jewish atheist. It doesn't work. There's no way you could be a Jewish atheist. It's impossible. You could be one or the other. Same way you can't be a Catholic atheist, or you can't be an Islamic atheist, you can't be a Jewish atheist. And so, I say these things, and then I get into trouble for saying these things, because, you know, Jewish atheists come after me and say, hey, uh, what about me? Uh, my mother was Jewish. Jewish law says my mother's Jewish, so I'm Jewish. But Jewish law also says that if you negate God, and you choose to follow another God, or choose to follow no God at all, then you've removed yourself from Judaism, too. So, so you can't have both ways, right? You can't play the game. You can't play pitcher and catcher at the same time. It doesn't work that way. That's not how baseball works. Same way, that's not how religion works. Either you are part of the religion or you're not part of the religion. Now, in order to be part of the nation, because Judaism is a religion and a nation, in order to be part of the Jewish nation, you have to be part of the Jewish religion. So if you remove yourself from one, you remove yourself from both. Does this make any logical sense to you? It makes perfect sense in my mind. 
1-877-669-1292 is the number to call. 1-877-669-1292. We still have a few minutes left to the show. Feel free to call in and uh, and express your opinion. I'd love to hear from you. 1-877-669-1292. Uh, last time I did this topic, last time I spoke about this, uh, I did a full hour on it. And, and people got really upset with me because... We're not used to, uh, most people are not used to being faced with logic. They're not used to being f told that, hey, listen, these are the rules. You want to be part of the club, these are the rules of the club. If you can't follow the rules of the club, you can't be part of the club. People get really upset with me when I say that. Now, could you rejoin the club later? And that, that was a question that came up, that always comes up. Well, what about the Jews who decide that, uh, what about the atheists who decide that uh, they believe in God? You know, they thought about it, they said, okay, I was wrong being an atheist, I believe in God. Are they still Jews? Of course they are. Of course they are. So, the rules of Judaism are, are quite clear. You, you got to believe in God. You got you to gotta be born to a Jewish mother. You got to believe in God. And you got to believe that God gave the Torah to the Jewish people, and this is the way of life the Jewish people have to follow. It's quite simple. Uh, there's no complicated aspect here. Uh, we, we can get into complicated, um, you can get into complicated details like who's considered a Jew, and you know, the, the, there's a lot of complicated. But but the, the basic rules are pretty simple. So if you decide that I am, uh, you were born to a Jewish mother, and then you decide I don't believe in God, so you're not meeting criteria number two. If you're not meeting criteria number two, and you step away from Judaism, and you say, okay. If I don't believe in God, I can't be a Jew anymore, and I'm not Jewish anymore. Now I want to live a totally a totally non-Jewish life, a totally secular life, doing what everybody else does, a totally assimilated life. That's fine. But then if you decide that, oh, well, you know, maybe the Jewish life was better, well, you meet criteria one, and that criteria one doesn't go away. You, you're, you're, your acceptance of criteria one doesn't go away. I mean, you were born to a Jewish mother. You always have the option to come back. But you have to meet criteria two and criteria three too. Also, if you don't meet those two uh, the two other criterias, well then then you're not really part of the you're not really part of the equation, are you? Are you? So that first you know the first criteria never disappears. If you were born to a Jewish mother, you're you're entitled to be Jewish. It's just you got to follow the rest of it. I don't know why this is complicated. It shouldn't be. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. If you are listening to the True Talk Radio stream uh, and it is uh, it is coming up to 11 o'clock at night, you will hear Passion with Dr. Lori Patillo and, uh, and, and John Paul. That comes up right after the show. Uh, so stay tuned if you're listening to the True Talk Radio stream on the True Talk Radio Network app. If you don't have the True Talk Radio Network app, Feel free to download it from the from your local app store. So it's on the i so it's on the it's in the i store and it's in the Android store. So feel free to download the True Talk Radio Network app. So Passion follows us with Dr. Lori Batito and John Paul. I'm Howie Silberger. I'll see you tomorrow right here on the Howie Silberger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. <laughs>